Yeah, we, we, uh, I appreciate that. All right. We are live with Tom Breeze. How are you doing, sir? Very good, buddy. How are things? Not too bad. Not too bad. I just want to do an audio check really quick, make sure everything is coming through fine in the group before we get too carried away. Oh, my microphone doesn't seem to be picking up as well. Audio, audio is good. Okay. I just got a message. All right. So welcome everyone. Um, I would like to introduce you to Tom Breeze. If you're not familiar with Tom, he is an AdLeaks partner, has an amazing course um, on YouTube in the vault. I would say I've been doing this for, I don't even know, 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. And I, I don't think there is anybody more knowledgeable that I've met in the space on YouTube specifically. So I'm very, very excited to sit down with him, kind of dive into what's working. Um, even myself uh, have large potential problems with scaling YouTube, uh, specifically in e-commerce. So first off, I'd like to hear a little bit about, about you, Tom, kind of what you're doing, what you're up to, um, all that stuff. Yeah, all good. Uh, so yeah, run a YouTube ad agency called Viewability, and uh, that's our kind of bread and butter, I suppose, where we get most of our um, business from and uh, we just focus on YouTube ads. We are a um, performance-based ad agency as well. So uh, instead of monthly fees or percentage of ad spend, we typically set things up so it's done on a CPA payout or kind of some sort of rev share or profit share type of scenario where we fund and then fund the ads and then clients pay us for results. So we're not the sort of agency that has hundreds of clients. We kind of have a much smaller portfolio of clients, but um, that's how we've always run things. And um, and yeah, that's kind of the agency side. We do have some training, um, as you well know, inside of athletes, and uh, some kind of uh, consultancy packages from time to time. We don't open up the doors to that very often, but sometimes we do. Uh, and then um, the we're building software at the moment as well. So that's kind of a lot of time and energy uh, from myself and the team. Um, and uh, so far, so good. It's, it's building out really nicely and uh, going well. So. Other than that, all good. Yeah, navigating the world of YouTube ads constantly. Great to hear. Um, somebody was saying gallery view. I have it on gallery view, but I don't know why it's, I don't know if Zoom has an issue or not, but it's not showing both of us, just the speaker. Um, hmm. Sure on why, but you don't want to see my ugly face anyway. You want to see Tom. He's a lot prettier. So, <laughs> you know, you remind me of a George Clooney. That's that's incredibly kind of you to say. Um, I was at a party the other day. It's no joke. And I was um, we were sitting there with. Um, so I've got three young kids, and uh, my youngest is two, just about to turn three, and she's beautiful. But um, her best friend uh, didn't know, didn't hadn't met me before, and said to my wife, said, "Your dad, he looks very cuddly." So, <laughs> ah, that's not great. That's not great for me. <laughs> so, uh, my wife does look younger than her age and makes me look older. Yeah, um, but definitely not ready for grandpa. You definitely don't look at his age because yeah. I think he's like sixty or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, so let's go ahead and just dive in a little bit here and talk. Let's talk YouTube. So, how much does your guys' agency handle in terms of a spend um, on a monthly basis? Would you say on a monthly basis? I'm not too sure. I think we kind of uh, measured it out last year. I think we did uh 22 mil in the year. Um, okay. bear in mind that's kind of a lot of our spend. Um, we do oversee some kind of um, we work with some corporate brands from time to time. That's not including that spend, so that would go crazy if that was the case. Um, but yeah, on our side, uh, 22 mil was what we did in 2021. Do you guys run internal brands at all or no? Uh, no, we we did do a little bit, but um, we tend to just focus on um, kind of companies that are selling products and, and and services. Got it. Okay, interesting. Um, do you you had mentioned that you work mainly on like a retainer basis? So somebody that's wanting to work with you, how does that work? Let's say I come to you, I want to sign up my brand to run YouTube. Um, you know, what does that engagement look like? Because you don't really hear a lot of performance mark. I mean, people call themselves performance marketers, but a large portion of people don't work on a purely 100% performance basis. Um, some you'll see, you know, have a retainer plus percentage. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so we do away with the um, percentage of ad spend or the uh, the retention model. Um, we kind of got into it to begin with like eight years ago, I think it was, when my first client, who kind of we're doing a lot of SEO work with, um, we were getting his videos ranked on the front pages of Google and YouTube, and we had probably about, I don't know, about 20 clients doing that sort of work. Um, but this one in particular was like a really close friend of mine and his rankings dropped. And I was like, oh my word, I've lost my client and lost a friend as well to a certain extent, like or at least a business friend or a business relationship there. Mm. And um, the prior to that business, I actually run a lot of Google ads for my first business. So I knew the ad platform well, I've been never tried YouTube ads before, but we had created a really good video with him. So I used that video, ran it as an ad, but out of like, embarrassment for losing the rankings or kind of like not feeling too great about it um i just funded it myself i was like i can't ask him for more budget i'll just i'll run it and see if i can get some results and i was really lucky really it's just perfect timing ran the ad um generated a load of leads that i thought like you're never too sure about attribution and things i was like hopefully i've sent him some leads and they're working out pretty well um and we had a meeting and he was like yeah these leads are great i was like cool and i said how much are they worth um and he worked it out he didn't want to tell me <laughs> straight up and he said well look i'll pay you 10 pounds for every lead and i knew that he was getting a very good deal on his side because i knew he'd worked out his numbers but he didn't know that it was costing me like about two pounds three pounds per lead so we just found a, a really good like uh place to play together whereby i'll get paid 10 pounds per lead and this is a uk pounds um, and he i know it cost me like two pounds three pounds as we scaled it it gets like five six pounds um and um and so that was the relationship we set up and uh, it's not always the same nowadays youtube's become a lot more competitive and a little harder to to get to, to work but um the the way we run it these days is we normally say to clients look what's the maximum allowable cpa like where are you where are you headed where you're like it doesn't work any longer what's that maximum number and we normally say look for the first 30 60 90 days let's start out there off from my own spend um, I'll try and make this work. So you kind of break even on your side. And then once we get some good results through the door, we'll sit down, we'll work out a better um, payout um, and we'll go from there. Um, it used to always just be CPA payout. So we'd agree a cost per sale and then the clients would pay us that agreed figure. Mm -hmm. um, and we try and make our profit margin in the middle. But um, more recently over the last like two years, we've started to entertain a lot more like things like profit share and rev share. So that might be where we say, how much you're willing to pay and it might be like i say for example hundred dollars per sale and then if we get it in for like 70 we'll split that profit so we say of the 30 dollars um profit generated from the ad campaigns themselves we'll split that 50 50 or whatever agreement that we come up with the clients um and that means it's just a bit easier to win together so if, it, if we had a bad month and it was like we we're getting a 90 dollar cpa we'd split a much smaller profit margin but if we had a killer month and it was like $30 CPA, then we'd be splitting $70 um, profit. And then it's a case of like getting the profit and the scale sitting right for both ourselves and the company. So um, it's kind of a constant negotiation to work out what's the best win-win scenario for both parties, but it builds like this relationship where we're both in it together. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it's it, it means that we, like we've had clients as long as they work out well and we get good, good campaigns working with them we've, we've worked with clients for like seven years um yep. and um it's quite unusual because we hire some team members sometimes it might come from more of like a traditional agency and they'll be like how long do you typically have a client for and i'll be like about if they work out well six to eight years and like, yep. oh wow because they're used to like working with clients that'd be like six months and they're gone so um it's not been something i'm used to but uh yeah we've just we just build relationships like that in that way. Um, do, you guys and, um, do, any, do you guys do anything with Google ads or just only YouTube? Like, are you doing search and shopping and all that stuff as well? When we do have team like team members that can run really good display and uh, search, we don't do much shopping. Um, we just haven't had that many e-com clients that aren't already covering that. Um, it's kind of seems to be like they're certain and also search brand search in particular, not necessarily something that's been our, we know how to do it. It's just that clients are already doing it. Um, and also we agree if we did do it that way, we'd have to agree a very different CPA payout because it's 
it's a different kettle of fish, so to speak. Yep. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, so traditionally we don't really get involved too much with that or really any other platform. Um, we have dabbled in different platforms and done well. It's just we keep on doubling down on YouTube and just knowing that that's our playground and we know how to play there. So, um, but we, we, we ventured into a lot more now of like helping out on landing pages and, um, and getting the kind of the whole customer journey down because we know that's kind of a big part of YouTube ad success is that if you yep. can get the ad and the landing page to be very well built out for YouTube, you've got a much higher chance of making it all work. Yeah. So let's primarily a lot of our conversation will be focused probably a lot on e-com, but we can touch a little bit on lead gen, but oh, um, so, yeah, I mean, we have some, definitely some good questions. Um, I myself could sit here and talk questions all day, but so <laughs> let's just go with a, in this scenario, an e-commerce client that's on Google doing YouTube, what does their percentage of budget usually allocated to YouTube look like for a client? You know, that's maybe spending, let's say a hundred thousand dollars a month on Google. Um, you know, obviously I think you would agree, but, um, you know, e-com and YouTube are extremely difficult. Um, I personally have even struggled with it, uh, from a top of funnel perspective. Um, you know, and we ran some pretty large brands that are very, very well known that I've been fortunate to work with mm. uh, my career. And even the brand recognition doesn't really just necessarily drive conversion. Like one would think high level brand recognition, like, oh, my God, they're in my wallet. That's going to easily convert. Not necessarily. Um, mm. Doesn't always work that way. So from a e-com perspective, what kind of budget are you allocating towards YouTube versus say, you know, the rest of their paid media? Yeah, good question. So um, it's difficult to kind of give you that answer straight out that, that makes sense because we only do YouTube and um, and we are performance based. So like when we get it working, we normally have license to scale to the moon and go as hard as we can based on inventory. Uh, how much well, let's say I came to you, let's say I came to you with this brand and I said, hey, we're spending a hundred thousand a month across all of our paid media. Uh, I'm going to hire you, Tom. Uh, how much, what does the first three months look like for it to test? Because obviously if you came to me and said, we're going to scale to the moon month one, I'm going to say, whoa, wait a minute. I got to see profitability here first before I allow you to just go and start spending. So what does that first three month initial term look like in terms of what should I plan to spend? If you're already spending a hundred, I would say give yourself 10% of that budget okay. for a month. Um, That'll be plenty to test out with, um, and more than you need, to be quite honest. Like, you, if you can't get something working after five grand, I'll be like, something's wrong here. Is there something? It's not more testing will prove this out. They like, I, I just know you can call it quicker. Like, there's gonna be some obvious plays you're gonna go with. And if nothing's working on that side, you're like, okay, this is not gonna turn around. This is not gonna, I'm not gonna get this to drop by an extra 50% or something. CPA is gonna be. Um, this is way off and it needs to be fixed. So you can really tell that with 5,000 US dollars, I would say that goes against what most people would say. Cause I know that I talk to other people that are like, give me 60 K and I can <laughs> tell you if this works or not. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's just wasteful in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I would say that you get this kind of weird scenario after three months. So 90 days, it feels like if you advertise for 90 days using YouTube, um, it feels like something turns a corner after 90 days. Um, and if you were running, like, let's say you were running a specific ad or a set of ads, let's just go with one ad. You had one YouTube ad and it was going to an in-market audience, let's say, because they're typically one of the ones you tend to focus on if you're doing e-com. Um, and you go to the page, what it looks like on day one or even at the end of month one will be completely different to what it looks like at the end of month three, which is, you could say that's machine learning and algorithm, but I, I think it's something different to that because you can already have data in the ad account and uh, still doesn't prove out in the way you'd expect it to. So I normally say to clients, look, let it run at low cost for three months, unless it bangs out the gate and, you, and you're going great and start scaling. But you can, if you can afford to lose five to $10,000 a month, just for the fact that you have to let the machine learn or have to let the account get used to the promotions, then it can be well worth waiting that three months because all of a sudden something that was like just a little bit too expensive can now be really profitable. So right. I don't have a reason why that is the case, um, but that happens a lot. So um, that is a 
an annoyance that comes with running YouTube ads with e-com in particular. You mentioned in market audiences, do you guys run also a lot of like custom intent with keyword plus audiences mixed in? Yeah, we don't, we don't do a huge amount of like um, overlaying. So like if, if you had like an in market and then you added keywords or added a topic or something along those lines, um, we tend to keep it to one type of behavioral targeting and demos. Um, those would be the two that we'd focus on and, and lean on machine learning to figure it out. Um, we, it's not to say we don't, haven't tried that. It's just, it's a, I suppose we get a little greedy <laughs> from a standpoint of like, if it's not going to work without me putting all this layering in, in place, it's never going to take off. It's never going to kind of really work. So I prefer to try and figure out how to make the creative better. Yeah. Um, Cause that's such a big lever with YouTube. Like really like you can, one ad can perform twice as good as the next ad, if not more. Um, and you can't do that much with targeting, I find. Um, once you once you know how to run the ads properly, it's like you're gonna gonna limit yourself to a certain extent of what you can do. Um, and then you've got the offer and the ad to play around with. And the offer is not going to change too much because that's the client's thing. So we don't get involved too much with that. But ad creative is still a huge lever. And if you know um, what to do in your ads, and there's some real key, key things which I can sh share with you that I think you'll find very useful, might actually get your campaigns to work really well. That's the that's the biggest lever we pull. So don't do a huge amount of layering, to be honest. I would like trying to say demographic data, sure, but then focus on um, that one in market per campaign. What does what does like a good creative piece look like? I mean, I know there's YouTube shorts. They're they're changing so much stuff on YouTube. I can't even keep it straight. It's like every time I turn around, they change something. It's even their campaign types, there's like true view for action. And then they got, I think got rid of true view and went something different. And uh, so like based on campaigns, this is like probably a bigger topic, broad topic, but talk to us a little bit about a solid campaign testing structure for that client. I kind of brought up, like, what does your testing structure for that look like to me? Typically what we would do probably is something with like a few campaigns an ad group, a few audiences per ad group. But what kind of, you know, are we talking YouTube shorts, true view for action? What does your entire campaign structure look like? And then what do those creative pieces look like? Um, yeah, cool. Okay, so uh, to keep it really simple, the, the biggest win that you can have is do the kind of responsive video campaign. So that's kind of like running basically an in-stream ad. That's, yeah. that's the way to think about it, is you're going to run an in-stream ad um, and those are going to be the ads. If you're unfamiliar with in-stream ads and you're listening in, it's going to be like, you'll see them on YouTube all the time. They, um, you're about to watch a video and a video interrupts you. You've got five seconds to skip the ad, right? That's kind of like a, an so you're doing format. skippable versus non-skippable. Yeah. We always do skippable. We haven't really tried non-skippable ads, to be honest. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we've just stuck with skippable ads, uh, skippable in-stream ads. Um, and, uh, I mean, apart from when we do like things like performance max, it's like you just got a whole asset group that you just shove together, so to speak. Yep. Um, but from a from a YouTube video campaign perspective, then we're looking at saying, yeah, do the in-stream ads. Those are the ones that um, are the one the, the easiest to get to work. I have like those are our default go-to campaigns, um, and um, so yeah. Then you, I'll talk about creative and what you put into those ads in just a second. Um, but in terms of the testing structure of those, you're going to want to test out a few things with your creative, but intro of your, of your creative is probably the most Im important part. Um, once you've got the other things dialed in, which I'll talk about in a second, um, but in like testing out different hooks and intros uh, can get you big differences in your results. But the way we test those out is we'll, once we know kind of like an audience that works really well. So you might work with a client and say, right, 65 plus, um, male audience uh, in a certain locations in the states that um that are part of an in-market group or a topic or something we just know that kills it it's like small but kills it then we'll set up a campaign that dedicates that targeting and um for every single ad group we have and then we put a different ad inside of each different ad group um and we'll put them at low spend and we'll just look for markers to say, what are these? Like, so they just run along. So if we had like 15 ads that we want to test, we just put them all in there. 
Um, and as soon as it's given a test that's worthy, and we're talking about like five times the CPA value, um, we'll look at the numbers and we'll say, did that perform or not? And if it performs, it'll get upgraded and added to other campaigns that are running right now. If it didn't even perform in that um, audience and it's given enough spend, we'll just say that just gets deleted basically. It doesn't, it like it's put on pause and never gets promoted. How much do you spend? Campaigns. How much do you spend on a, like let's use, can't really give their name but i'm going to use a competitor let's say we're running ads for dove i'm sure you've heard of dove um, as in the soap company yeah, yeah so cool. we're doing e-com for them all online based sales performance driven what yep. would you test i mean i'm sure their average order value with the competitor i'm thinking of is you know usually in the 20 to 40 dollar range online um what would you test on a piece of creative before you killed it 2x cpa 1x 3x I'll probably go 5x if I felt really comfortable um, with how much budget we have. Obviously, if you're a bit restricted on budget, then you're going to have to go a little bit shorter. I know if you've got loads of creative, then that's the funny thing is that if you compare it to like Facebook, I hate more and more and more creative. I know it's important to test it, but like typically, um, if you find a bit of creative that works, and as long as you're not pushing it to the max, then that creative might work for three months five months can go longer we've had like we've had videos that have worked for like two years the same video not like not changed at all wow. um so there's a lot of um runway with a with a good ad and we just yeah. had that discussion with somebody and they were like we're sending you all these videos and why aren't you putting them in well do you don't understand like you could spend literally on youtube and you i don't even know if you could spend as much on facebook as you could youtube but you could spend a billion dollars in an hour if you wanted like <laughs> the amount of reach on display in the YouTube network is so humongous. It's not even funny. And those, yeah. you know, like it, they, they, it doesn't have the creative fatigue like TikTok would nowadays. Like, you know, and I know TikTok's even huge, but it's something with their algorithm. I think that plays part of that too. But we've noticed the same thing that you're saying. Yeah, is that? And so we, we've always like. So we went on a big creative drive, maybe about four or five years ago. We're like, okay, cool. Let's, because I think we, I watched a presentation from a Facebook advertiser. I was like, oh, we're not creating nearly enough creative. We need to test so much more. And so we kind of went crazy on testing new creative. My ad buyers are like, okay, well, what, how are we going to test all this stuff? Because it, like, you just sort of waste a lot of money finding out duds. Um, yeah. And when you find a winner, it's like, great, well, let's just park that and wait till this other one gets a little bit of fatigue and then we'll add this other one in. But you know what it's like, if you put like two ads together inside of one ad group, one gets massively favored than the other one anyway. So you can't even force it through sometimes when you want to. Yep. Um, and, um, and so I just don't think it's a, a good strategy to keep on creating more creative, which is hopefully music to people's ears because it's like the creative slog is hard. Um, but you just don't need that much. You need good creative and not just more spaghetti at the wall. You need to be a bit more strategic about it. Um, and uh, that's, so we, we always test like about three different intros for every video. Um, but if the core part of that video isn't working, it's not like a new intro is gonna work well. If you try three different intros and they're all pretty good and it just doesn't work, the core of the video doesn't work. So just start with a new one. Um, and, um, but yeah, if you try like, uh, a piece of creative and you put three different intros and they all work quite well you're like okay cool keep on iterating use that one core message and just keep on playing around with it like you can you can take the same video and turn it into so many different variations you can put like text in there you can shorten it you can lengthen it you can put different music behind it like one good video asset can go a long way without you having to um constantly be creating new ideas um and, and going back to the drawing board you can it's it's hard to get that one to crack but then when you do get it it's like all right not only have you got a really core ad that you can do lots of versions of it you've also got the ability to say right next time around we're using that as our kind of a bit of a template to to create the next video ad because yep. you don't want to kind of go and reinvent the wheel you want to take the same concept that you know is selling and then say cool let's just do another variation of that which Are feels you, completely new to the user but it's not are you guys usually doing like CPC, target CPM, target CPA? When we get started out, we're, we work on uh, max conversion. That's kind of like the bidding strategy we'll go to to begin with. Um, and we tend to build out lots of campaigns, maxing out around about $300 a day. Um, can go a little bit higher than that if you're in a big niche, but like we'll try and 
Um, so it's a very different strategy to start with, like lots of campaigns, lots of different targeting groups, low budgets or lower budgets can be down $50 up to $300, round about that sort of marker for maximum or maximized conversion. Um, and then once we find one that's just like doing really well and it's done well for a long time, we will either build um, well, with a few different strategies actually at that point. So if we want to scale up something that's working on a max con, um, we might then say, cool, just start up another max conversion campaign, that like clone it, but just start at a much higher um, uh, daily budget. So it might be like 10x what we've already done. So if it's on $300 a day, we might go to three grand a day. Um, and that doesn't always work well, but when it does work well, it's amazing. because you. How many times, that's that brings up a really good point that people always ask, and I think it's been in at least a lot is, hey, I have a YouTube campaign that's doing very, very well. I want to scale like what we're talking. Can I just increase the budget? So you're saying it's something like Facebook to where leave good alone, let it run, constantly dupe. How many dupes does it, can it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> um how many dupes can it take before you actually see it working is it usually like one two sometimes five is it just completely random are you better off duping it 10 times and then just killing after like 3x the spend we won't dupe it as in like um well very rarely will we dupe it so it's like exactly the same settings at the same budget well we will just say if that's so like let's say for example we had lots of campaigns it might be like say for example we sometimes get this granular we might say right this is targeting golfers let's say um and um like uh, let's say an in-market group might be like a golf equipment for example um so they're looking up golf equipment and this is this campaign's working really well for males 55 plus something mm -hmm. along those lines then we might say great let's put another one that now goes 35 to 55 and we we'll see if that younger demographic also want this thing at the same price point and so we're kind of like scaling out in that way, just targeting a new audience. Um, but if you if you wanted to stick with one that's worked really well for you for a long time, you might want to increase the budget. But we we find like it, it like, like a campaign like that might find its way and it's it's doing really well. If you up the budget um, you, with this, with maximized conversion, especially, it feels like you can sometimes just break the whole thing by mm -hmm. by pushing too much. Um, and I much prefer to be like, let's get it to a level where it like works really well, maybe even like peel back by 20% and just let it run really smoothly for pretty much ever. Um, that's kind of what I want it to do. Um, I'm, but I'm slightly different. I'm not the sort of person that wants to go and spend hundred grand a day uh, on an ad campaign. I want to be like, cool, I'm happy with my much smaller, but like, um, but really happy with the performance that's not going to jump around everywhere. Um, so if you wanted to then scale up that campaign that's on like let's say $300 a day it's hard to put like 350 then 400 then 450 and then 500 it's, it's hard like 20% increases of like the standard on on YouTube it seems to be the standard of most platforms as well so jumping 20% every 72 hours kind of like is the there's a general rule of thumb but I just don't find that works very well with maximized conversion you'd be much better off like holding it where it's it where it is duping then starting at a much higher price point and see if that works still on maximized conversion you just say like you're giving that campaign new settings the machine learning works for that campaign at that new setting and if that works we'll then start reducing the budget of the 300 a day when they're still live um that's one way of doing it another way of doing it is to say um set up on a target cpa campaign um and so you'd say right that those settings dupe it but just change the bidding strategy to target cpa and when you do that strategy, then you can increase it um, by like 20% every 72 hours. And that is a lot smoother. Um, so MaxCom doesn't like keep on small increments, it's like big jumps, I find. Target CPA can slowly be increased. Um, and it's a bit of a smoother ride. Okay. Um, uh, what? Do you want me to talk about the creative? Because I know that was a question. Yeah, that yeah, that's kind of where I was looking at going into like the video formatting and structure. Like, what does that structure of the creative look like? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, this is the the breakthrough that I think might help you with any campaigns that you're running as well for e-commerce. 
So um, one of the things that people aren't necessarily too aware of is that with YouTube advertising, as your click-through rate increases, um, your CPMs go up as well. Um, so if you do like an ad with like ridiculously good copy and a really good teasing CTL, uh, C, um, call to action, yep. and people are watching it and thinking, holy crap, this looks so cool, this product. And they click and they get to the page and like, oh, hang on a second, this is actually really expensive. Oh, no, actually, I thought it did one thing. No, actually, it's not me. Or whatever it is. If you tease that too much and you give a great call to action, and the copy team would be like, woohoo, we nailed it. Um, the ad team would just be like, yeah, you've got high CTRs, but your, C your CPA, they'll look just mainly look at CPA and they'll be like, I don't know why, but it's it's a good ad. Everything on it, on it looks good, but it's just not converting. Right. Um, it's not that. It's that the it probably still is converting. Like the, the click to sale percentage rate is probably still pretty strong um, compared to all the other campaigns that might be running. But the problem is, is that CPM has gone too high because if you your click through rate can probably improve by maybe okay maximum is going to improve improve by it's like double. So if you had like a a one percent click through rate to get it two percent is actually really quite difficult. But it is not unheard of. But you could double it. Okay. But if you double it. I bet you that CPM will triple, if not quadruple. Why, why is that? You would think that's the opposite with about every other platform. Facebook obviously rewards good CTRs with lower CPMs because they're providing a better user experience typically for the end user. And that's what they want. Like these platforms want to provide. Why is it different with YouTube? I've never heard that before. So yeah, no one, no one really heard this before. Um, and um, <laughs> The, I've got evidence I can show you some screenshots in a second. Um, the, the reason being is because YouTube is an ecosystem where YouTube want you to stay on the platform and watch more ads, basically. They don't want you leaving the platform. Um, and it is a platform where people, it's very sticky. People want to, like, that's how YouTube's model works, you know? Um, and so as soon as you click away from the platform, it's like YouTube is saying, if that's going to happen, then you're going to pay for it. And there's two reasons why your CPM increases due to your your making so to speak so there's all the environmental aspects like competitive time of year competitive niche seasonality all the all the rest of it and like pandemics and that sort of stuff all based on competition in the marketplace but um if you have a high ctr which is by far the biggest indicator of a high cpm that's one thing but also length of ad as well and you're just chewing up more watch time if you have a long video ad youtube now penalizes over three minutes apparently um it's kind of it's uh, i think it was said and then um everyone believes it and it's kind of true uh, any long ads that are on youtube now are a bit more expensive um but also the um uh you, you the reason being is if it's a good ad and people are watching it youtube can't show more ads when they're already watching an ad so you, right. you can only pay once your ad um and you pay for that uh for that impression um and then um and then youtube can't show you more ads at that time so like if you're watching like an eight minute video organic video on youtube you'll see an ad at the start middle and end um and that's across kind of so they get to show you three ads and more because they actually show you two ads at the start as well uh, and sometimes in the middle and the end so that's could be up to six ads they're showing you in eight minutes that rather makes sense. than one ad that you have like eight minute ad or something um, mm -hmm. so they charge you a lot more for it um which means that if you're going to um play the financial game on youtube and try and get that cost per acquisition down creative is a huge thing because your cpms don't just nudge up a little bit i'm talking about kind of cpms that can be as low as 15 dollars and as high as 90 dollars just because of the creative uh, it, it's huge it's a huge swing um and you'll see your ctrs don't increase that much either so it just becomes your copy team might be like, yeah, we've nailed it with a really, really good bit of coffee, coffee, copy that works really well on Facebook, but it will die a death on YouTube because it's just not the platform for it. Um, you might have great click to the rate, but terrible CPMs. It's just it's not obvious to people how to figure that bit out. So the way you do it is you say to yourself, well, I only want the right people clicking by, by design. So I'll reduce that CTR down to just my perfect buyers getting a low CPM and a ridiculously high conversion rate on the on the back end. So what you're what you're doing really is you're saying I'm going to front I'm going to front load the whole funnel or the whole sales message um, up front to just basically disqualify as many people as I can, but in a in a good way. So there's a couple of ways you yeah. can do this. 
One is you can demonstrate the product um, really clearly, like just do the whole demonstration of the product on the video, like take your time over it, do it properly, so you know you're only gonna have clickers clicking through. That's one way of doing it. And but the uh, and using things like jargon and that type of stuff, the target market you're talking to, that's always a useful thing to do. But um, one of the biggest things you can do that we're playing around with more and more nowadays, and we've seen it work ridiculously well a couple of times, and it's the breakthrough that's worked for e-commerce, is to put the price in the video. So mention upfront what the price point is of the product. Um, do you do that at the beginning, at the very beginning of the video, in the ad copy? Because I know your ad both. copy space is very limited with YouTube. That's a whole other issue that we can talk about, you know. But, yeah, you want to add it... I, I found so far we're testing more time uh, more all the time, um, but at the start. So if you if you know what the problem is your product solves, then um, mention it right at the beginning. So for just twenty seven dollars, you can overcome this problem for good. Let me show you how. Um, that would be not the best copy in the world. It wouldn't be terrible, but it wouldn't be the best. But you, <laughs> you play around with the, the the price point at the start of the video, um, yeah. and um, and that's where you can have like these amazing hooks. So you just put like, right, price point hook or no price, just see what the impact has. Yep. But then if you think about it as a user, you're watching it. And if it's not right for you, you're pressing skip. But if you see it, then you're contemplating, all right, it's $27 and I do have this problem. Is it worth it? All right, and then you're gonna carry on listening at that point. Full demonstration. The only point you will click at that point is if you wanna go buy. Um, and that's the whole idea behind YouTube ads with e-commerce is get the price point in there, I would recommend. Demo the product really cleanly. Um, don't have to worry about copy and being the most amazing copyrights ever. Just get the damn thing done and just show people and say, this is the price point. If you want it, it's here. But also a really good thing you can do for click-through rate as well is to say on the next page, this is exactly what you're going to see. So show that in the ad, show people like, this is where you click, this is where you go buy. Um, and yeah, just make it really clear for people that say, this is the sequence. So when they get there, it feels familiar. They know exactly what to go do. Um, and that'll work by design from the standpoint of like reducing that ctr and therefore reducing your cpm and probably making it cost effective for yourself right interesting i have never heard the whole the way that you explain ctr and cpm being more expensive i don't think i've ever makes complete sense with the yeah. and i don't yeah, think yeah I've it's a unique it. thing i think i don't know anyone's talking about it um no. and um yeah i would um, think it'd be the opposite but you're right they're making their money but Facebook's the same way. Like Facebook gets paid by ads. So like, you know, it must just be, they have a different philosophy. I I don't know. Well, look at this. This is the, this is the um, relationship between just two accounts. So all these blue dots are ads and you can see the CTR. Um, we kind of, we thought we had nailed it on this day when we got CTR to be 3.5%. Like, oh my word, we're gonna nail it. But look at the CPM, it's near a hundred bucks for that. Mm -hmm. um, and down here, it's like, okay, cool. The, the click-throughs, like a third of what it is, but look, the price point is far lower. So these ads can perform ridiculously well. Um, so copywriters don't like us most of the time because we have like evidence to say, yeah, you're actually hurting us. Right. Um, and the one underneath there is a, is a much bigger account that we've run for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you see the CPM can raise up to like 30, 40 bucks up yep. there, but down here is like five bucks, six bucks, 10 bucks. Um, and it's, it's, that was a bit smoother, like, oh, sorry, it's a bit more um, of a, it's, it's not quite so easy to see that one, but I'm like, illustrating the trend here. You can see it quite neatly that as, as um, your C CTR goes up, your CPM goes up. Um, yeah. In terms of the creative, are we talking 16 by nine or four by five? Uh, 16 by nine uh, is, is the vast majority of our ads, but um, you can do the, yeah, you can do square ads, you can do vertical ads. Where do, um, square do ads, where do square ads even run? Square ads would run on mobile. So anything that's 16 by 9 would be desktop and mobile. And then anything that's not 16 by 9 is only available for mobile or tablet. Mm -hmm. As I understand it, that's the last time I looked at it. Like you, things move quick on YouTube. And so I'm never 100% yeah, sure. Like, um, so, I'm yeah, not in those accounts. I'm not in those accounts every single day. So like, it's just YouTube, I think, is one of the fast to me it's one of the fastest transitioning platforms that there is i think 
there's been a lot recently for sure there's been a lot of change recently they've seemed to have wanted to play the same game as facebook so i remember like what two years ago there was like so many different new types of ad creatives that came out on facebook and yeah. youtube just stuck with their one version um and they tried to change it to yeah we talked about like treaty for action and then it's responsive now but everything's kind of falling yeah. into place to be the same thing i can't ever keep up i just try and go with the flow uh, here's a <laughs> question from ryan uh masters let's say you you have a google ad account that's tons of conversion data and you have another one that doesn't have any conversion data does that help in terms of when you're starting YouTube with max conversions of getting that ball rolling a lot faster? Yeah, if you had two different accounts, one with data and one without, I'd still like to work it with the one with the data inside of it. Um, it's going to be easier to go with. And there's a question about CPV as well, that question, like, do you go to manual bidding or cost per view bidding? Or C I wasn't at CPV. Um, I haven't done that for a long time. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I just go to max conversion these days right. quite quickly and um, it tends to work well with lower budget campaigns. Um, and, and so like rule of thumb is, yeah, I'll probably start out with, um, maximized conversion. Um, if, if I wanted to be really specific with where I'm advertising, like going down to placements, then I might do CPV. Hmm. Um, but I, prob I probably still wouldn't, I'll probably start out with maximized conversion. And yeah. the only reason I'll go to CPV was if I wasn't able to get much traction or much, much spend going. Um, trying to control, control your view costs. Yeah. Bit. So then, then I might be like, right. If I'm, if it was, uh, if it was say, for example, you're doing maximized conversion, sometimes if you targeted like videos or channels as placements, as actually what's your targeting type, um, you can just sometimes find it just doesn't really do anything. It doesn't spend any money. It might spend like 15 cents a day or something like okay, nothing's happening here. Uh, even though you flood it with a load of placements, but if you do CPV, you can like say, I'm happy to pay two dollars per view um and you can kind of force through the views um and get it going and then just to like, pair it back over time if you need to um sometimes the cost of view in certain markets will be ridiculously high like the financial markets will be high cost of view um but the cost of view for some um like smaller channels will be like eight cents or something but at least you're getting data through the door and you're being so specific that you kind of happy paying a higher price per price per view do you, do you guys do anything for brand lift testing ever no we get, kind of get asked by google from time to time to do that um no we don't really do too much in that space we we know that there's a lot of leakage so we know that like we run youtube ads and then brands is going to chew up a lot of that yeah. um what wicked reports are working on is quite cool so they're doing like a, i'm not sure if you've seen they're doing like a like the click before the last click um, yep. So they're able to see like that. Ignore, ignore paid clicks, basically. Yeah, but also to tell you like, okay, this is the last click data into your CRM, but like, this is the the source of the click just before that last click, um, which is which is quite cool. Um, and um, that might be more telling and might help us with like allocating that CPA. But then again, like I'm at constant battle. I don't know about you, but I'm at constant battle to be like, well, all these tracking softwares can give me a lot of data. Um, I think Wicked Reports are doing some amazing stuff, which um, might actually make this point I'm making redundant, actually. But like, I always felt like there's a lot of these tracking and attribution model um, softwares that are saying, here's what's happening, but you can't tie that back into the algorithm very easily, I always find. And it's kind of a bit, well, of, a, bit of a weighing up. Not only that, but you can't validate any of that information. The only <laughs> yeah, platform, the only, and this is why I'm such a... Well, not a wicked user just because they're there's a reason they're a partner but you know we're getting ready to test another one we constantly test platforms we're looking at a brand new one just to test and see because i'm always mm -hmm. interested in what's out there and how people are evolving and all that kind of stuff but i am not going to trust some developer behind a desk to just spit out numbers into a platform i have no way to validate that information you know zero yeah. with wicked you can actually go into every single order every single user and actually validate every single click and you can match that stuff up it's the only one that i have seen that allows you to do that otherwise you're just relying on somebody to to basically give you the information and that's a big red flag to me with a lot of the attribution platforms that exist is that there is no way to to do that totally and that, and that's i, I kind of um 
being a performance marketer, I know that we're leaking conversions. So I know that we're running traffic through YouTube and then they're getting, as I said, liking um, sorted up by brand search and things. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the fact that we're doing the YouTube. So YouTube does play a big brand play. Um, how do you get paid then? Like how, what, what is your source of truth? Yes, in a month, you come to me and we're on a, let's say we're on a 10% rev share. Where does that mm. number get pulled from? Wicked yeah, report? so it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing to easily figure out. Um, so what we, what we tend to do is like most of the clients we work with who are on that sort of basis are wanting us to win. They're kind of like, they're not looking to um, be untruthful with their numbers. They're kind of like looking to say, look, I want you to win as much as us because we'll win together. And that's kind of yes. like the setup in a very big sure. So um, we're always saying to them like, what can you afford? Because the more you can afford, the more we'll grow. Um, but obviously there's a profit curve. There's a kind of a, at some point we can make it grow like crazy, but we might just be at break even. Um, right. So we need to work out carefully what those numbers are. Um, and typically what we do is we say, let's start with something. Let's like work with a market that we think was both like sensible to start with. And we just choose normally a CPA or a target ROAS percentage yep. for first sale. And we say, right, I've got a week, um, a conversion window of a week or something and say, whatever it happens in that week, that's it. Because I can only really optimize for that anyway. I can't optimize for what happens in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's like, right. good to know, but I've, we've moved on. <laughs> we've done all the stuff we, we needed to do earlier. Yep. So we, um, we agree an earlier window and say, this is what it should be. But typically what happens with YouTube is the lifetime customer value of a YouTube buyer is a little stronger than most other platforms. So we'll um, retrospectively apply that number back to the front end again, just keep an eye on it. Um, so it kind of fluctuates a little bit over time, um, but we, yeah, we just figure it out together and we just make sure that as long as we're both making money and we can make both make it viable and it's a win-win, then we grow, you know? Um, so it's not an exact science. And I always say to them, look, if, you got, if you're hot on your attribution, you'll know that YouTube's probably gonna be providing a lot of other, um, brand search and that type of thing as well so just keep that in mind because if we turn off i can imagine in a week or two weeks that brand search can start dying away as well so just keep an eye on that um yeah. and um and yeah most of the people we work with have got a firm grip of that and like cool yeah we don't know exactly what our numbers are yet because it's a brand new source of traffic for us but let's give it a go and see where we end up after a month two months and, right. and hopefully we can dial it in over that time right um there's a good question from the great late damien defranco uh anything extra skill set experience when you're hiring a potential candidate for managing youtube so basically when you're hiring somebody do you what do you specifically look for yeah good question so um google ad buyers are normally good um because they just know the platform and it's it's helpful but um they don't have to have that much creative experience um they just need to appreciate Kind of the stuff we talked about here with the fact that like a good ad looks like um a good cpa um and if you're able to reduce that ctr with good creative so it's good creative but by purpose it's a lower ctr to, to lower that cpm that's kind of their their kind of focus that should be kind of like from a creative data standpoint that's kind of what they should be looking at um it doesn't need to get more complicated than that i see a lot of people like really analyzing the first in interaction rate and the view rate and all the rest of it it's like it, i've been doing this long enough to know that that doesn't really make too much of an impact it's um and you can try and improve those numbers but if you as i said if you try and improve all those numbers and get that ctr up you're going to pay for it and it's going to be prohibitive typically um so what we talked about there from a data buying perspective someone who's familiar with the platform so has a google ads experience is going to be help going to be good don't have to have a huge amount of experience just good experience um and then um the you're going to need to hire someone else who is your creative um, person um so someone who can write scripts someone who can read data and then apply to the creative mindset and someone who can edit um that might be the same person it probably won't be though um so you kind of have to start thinking about hiring a team um mm -hmm. but you can find people remotely you know you can find someone who just like if you teach them like the ins and outs of youtube ads um like creative wise they're going to be pretty good pretty quick and, and it's more like content people, not copywriters. Like find someone who can teach content, like do really good content scripts. That's probably who you yep. need. And then um, editors, if you if you look for an editor, they'll be very expensive. 
if you look for what's called a versioning editor, um, much cheaper and actually what you need. So a version editor is like, here's all the assets, make me something. Um, and they're, they're given free reign to like, not necessarily create new assets, right? or create new assets, they're gonna repurpose existing assets, like put new music and take the, the audio out of something and put it into slides and all the rest of it. They'll, they'll create different videos from yep. exactly the same stuff you give them. And they're far cheaper than an actual editor because typically you'll be paying for someone who's like ridiculously good at animation. You're like, you don't need that. You just need someone who's kind of like takes the existing assets and turn them into something cool. So right. versioning editor is what you need. Right. Interesting. I've never heard of a version editor before. I'm really like my brother is a recruitment <laughs> consultant in the media world. And he was like, you don't need an editor. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like years ago. He's like, you need a versioning editor. I was like, cool. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's like, it comes in at about a third of the price. I'm like, okay, I like it already. That's cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm going to rapid fire these questions because I want to be respectful of your time. What's the best practices for reducing lead costs? Um, is it also, is it time for native lead forms? Actually, I don't think they do have a native, they don't have a native lead form for YouTube unless that's come out recently that I missed. They have one ages ago and they still have it. Um, they and they still give you that option when you're building a campaign. I've tried it, didn't like it, still don't like it. Um, so that can nip that one on the body. But that said, anytime, anytime I say something like that, I'm always like, I should probably go test that again. It hasn't been, it's been a little while since I've tested it properly um so yeah i i haven't tested like the native lead, lead form for youtube for a while but by everything i hear it's not a great thing but then again everything i hear isn't running the way that i would like it to be run so what is I, that what's that under so i'm building a campaign now oh okay um good question i need to quickly look let me just um i, I never knew that existed would it be sales well it'd probably be leads i would assume uh yeah and then um then there's video drive conversion but i don't see a lead form i did uh, i need to find it let's i'll probably put it in the chat afterwards um yeah or ping it i've never knew that that existed it was um in a beta section beforehand um here we go. Lead, lead, lead generation. Oh, I can send you the um... target frequency, non-skippable drive conversions, add sequential. Hmm. Yeah, send it to me if you find it. Yeah, um, I'll find it somewhere. It's, it's a for, It has like it says lead form and you press press form. Um, hmm. And then, ah, uh, yeah, I have to find it and uh, maybe they don't tell. I just haven't done it for a while, so yeah. I'll find it out. The person who's asking <laughs> probably knows exactly where it is. Apologies. Um, but it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. I'm sure it is. It's just that it might even be under like the no guidance setup, maybe I wonder, but I don't even see it under there. So um, but I, I could see it being like uh yeah. Oh well, just let me know. I, I think do. it's set up in like the ad level, I think. Yeah. Um, I think so. I, I need to look at it again. I haven't, I haven't played around with it for a little while. Um, but I, the last time I played around with it, it was not good results. Like low lead cost, but like terrible lead yeah. quality. Right. Um, but the um, but you might be able to kind of make that work if you did do an ad that was very specific to say, this is what you're opting in for. This is what it's going to look like. Are you ready to go? Um, so I just think over explaining things, well, not over explaining, but clearly explaining things on YouTube is going to really help. I would. Say, for example, I would much prefer to run an ad that almost gives you everything you need to know about running YouTube ads. Like yep. if, as much information as I could in the space of like two and a half, three minutes. And then say, look, if you'd like this stuff, I've got a whole masterclass for you broken down. You're going to absolutely love it. Go get it right now. And that that's when a lead form might work inside of your YouTube ad. Um, but I would, yeah, I would do my best to kind of let people know, get to know, know you, like you, trust you know your content's good and feel like, holy crap, this is different to what I've heard before. Um, like typically when I talk about like high CPMs and high C um, come along with high CTRs, people are like, holy crap, that means that my ads are never gonna work. I'm like, yeah, cool. Right. Here's a new way of doing your ads. That something like that, like a bit of a breakthrough, uh, like the root cause of your problem and here's a breakthrough and here's what to do about it. That sort of stuff can can really help and yep. maintain that higher lead quality. Yep. Um, but um, in answer to the question you had, I'd say that like, 
to improve the, the lead cost. I think I'm always like, why improve the lead cost? If it's expensive lead, but it's like turning into a higher customer, then all the better. Like, um, I try not to get paid out on cost per lead anymore because some of the best leads are going to be higher than the right. price they're officially allowed to pay. Um, and so I try and move to cost per sale as best as possible. Yeah. But like, um, to answer that question, I just be like, look, what we talked about earlier, more explanation, really clear call to action, probably put the price point in before. If it's not a price point, it's just lead gen, say, here's what you're opting in for and be really clear about that. Um, yeah. And then um, and know that the only people that are going to be clicking are going to be people, people that know the next step afterwards as well yep. and what they're getting yep. themselves into. Okay. Well, I there's not any more questions. Let me look in the chat. I think that covered most of them. I think, uh, yeah. Is there, anything else to... Is there anything that you have in terms of like jaw dropping, you know, that you want to put out there? Top level mistakes people make, um, some last minute takeaways for everyone. I think the biggest takeaway was what we talked about earlier with like high CTRs, high CPM, therefore change the creative and it can can work well. Uh, coming back to the attribution question, I like to try and run campaigns that go add to website to go buy something as quickly as possible. Um, and that normally looks like ad that's very high explainer, um, get a clickable link, through to another video, like another like a VSL type video. Yep. Um, and there we typically have like a format that we'd follow. But um, what we're looking to do there is to be as clear as possible. Yeah. You do all your traditional selling at that point on the website. Yep. Um, things like all the guarantees and everything else that go along with that, all on the all on the site. Yep. But um you obviously all the stuff you can't really include in the ad. But I think there's a hybrid that I'm still working on now, a hybrid approach where you can create content videos that would be good for organic, like you'd be happy for them to be on your YouTube channel, but double up as an ad as well. I think if, if that's what we're trying to work on at the moment, because then you get the benefit of both worlds. You get the benefit of running an ad, but also get huge exposure on the organic space as well. Because uh, some of our channels that we work with are getting like huge amounts of organic reach. Um, and we just feel like we're working in two separate ways. And we're trying to pull that together. That's kind of what we're working on at the moment. That was um, a, that makes me think of a really. Do you notice any correlation between a solidified YouTube channel versus a non-solidified YouTube channel in terms of driving efficiencies? Um, not directly, other than you might have a great remarketing list that you can go back to. Um, but but the, the benefit we normally see of someone who's got a really big YouTube channel is they know how to present for YouTube. Um, yeah. If they've done like fifty videos on YouTube and they've kind of being battered around by the comments and to the point where they're actually really good at it. Um, and they've done enough video and they feel very comfortable in their own skin and feel very confident, they're gonna be a far better presenter. Yeah, a good presenter is worth you its weight in gold compared to that copy. If someone can actually present really effectively, then it feels like, oh my word, I, I get to I get the character of this person really quickly. And it makes a huge impact. Um, but the um, yeah, the only other thing I'd say is that if you are creating good content. Like even if it's like demonstration and what your product does and how it solves people's problem or how you created it, the story behind it, all that sort of stuff. That should all be in your ad potentially as well. Um, but if you if you do create like a really good like five minute piece of content that kind yeah. of illustrates a lot about your product, you can use what's called in-feed video ads. And this is sometimes the easiest way of getting into YouTube. So in-feed video ads are like the um, it's like promoting your thumbnail of your video like a bit like a display ad in a weird way. Um, you're kind of like using it as a sponsored organic video. Um, you still want to have a call to action in it, um, but think of it like an organic video that you're going to promote. Um, we've done this with clients and they, they don't even have very good call to actions on them. So just like the best content in their, in their channels. And we just put like five, $10 a day behind it. But two things happen. One, you grow your channel really quickly um, because we're going to optimize that campaign for really high retention. So you know you're getting good quality viewers watching the videos. But once you do that and you start optimizing for retention, you can look back at all of your um, keywords you might be targeting or demographics or topics. It's typically just topics and keywords we go after. Mm -hmm. um, but you can then look back and say, right, we've optimized all these keywords. For very cheap, we're talking about like 50 bucks. You can then see which keywords are working really well for you based on high retention. And those correlate very closely with what keywords are likely to work well for you when it comes to performance campaigns. So you can, if you had like a hundred keywords and you worked out that only 15 of those work, you can work that out for 50 bucks. 
Yep. Then from those 15, you take those and you put them into cold campaigns that will be like with your in-stream ads, or you can put them inside of a custom audience and build an audience that way as well. It's just a really cheap way of getting into highly effective YouTube campaigns. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that's, um, if you wanted to not spend too much or waste too much money when you first get started with YouTube ads, yep. um, I think some people are talking about that. It's a great way of getting started, uh, especially mm -hmm. if a client already has good content. Okay. And I know Ryan, for example, has great content. So yep. he, uh, he would nail it with that one with um, a lot of his dance stuff and a lot of his uh, other products he sells. He's great at that. So it could, could lean in nicely with MV video ads. Okay. Well, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, very insightful. I learned a new, new, some new things that I didn't know. So um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, and I'm sure Tom will I've already seen you interacting and answering questions. So, um, and again, if you want to talk, talk to Tom or whatever, you can see his website. It's uh, linked in on the Facebook down in the left corner, um, viewability.co. So you can learn more. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy guy. So um, always great to catch up. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Justin. And uh, yeah, speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Later.